Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our weekly guided liturgy podcast, where we center around scripture, prayer, confession, and a song. Our uh, hope for this time is that we would be drawn into the mystery and the beauty of Christ who moves within us, among us, and through us. We're in the season of examine as a church for the next several weeks, and part of that is that we revisit our commitments that we have and that we hold as a community together. Last week, we centered on prayer, and this week, we will center on shared life, which is our third commitment. So wherever you are joining us from, welcome, and we hope that this time together would be life-giving to you, that you'd be drawn into the grace, the peace, the presence, the life of Christ. Silence. May we open ourselves to God's presence, God's love, God's peace, and God's grace. Gratitude. Let us be aware of all that God is to us and be thankful for this life and all that it holds. Review. Let us honestly assess who we have been this week and who we would hope to be. Forgiveness. May we seek forgiveness in the ways in which we have erred, been unaware and uninvolved in the work of beauty and restoration in our world. Renewal. Let us look towards the future, along with the Spirit, to where God may be directing us. It may be a concrete action, but it also may be becoming more aware of God, changing the rhythms of our life, or walking away from certain behaviors and beliefs. Bloom, let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Spirit. 
Spirit revealing You're here among us You are not distant A living Savior We turn our eyes to you Praise be to God Christ creator spirit We see you all around us Praise be to God Working here within us To awaken and renew We turn our eyes to you Where needs are heavy Too great to carry You send your body to lift our burdens You're right here with us You are not distant Our living Savior We turn our eyes to you Praise be to God Christ creator spirit We see you all Spirit, we see you all around us. Praise be to God, you're working here within us to awaken and renew. We turn our eyes to you, we turn our eyes to reading from Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
Hear a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have these little books that are in the Connect Bay, I think is what we call it, in our common space in our building. And when uh, we used to gather there, they're available for folks to pick up just to read about commitments that, that we hold as a community. And so I'll read this um, this excerpt from the Shared Life page of that. It's interesting to hear this in light of what we're going through with the pandemic and the quarantines and the stay-at-home orders. It says this, The good news of Jesus creates a people who share life together as a foretaste of what God intends for the whole world. We are committed to the joy and discipline of a shared life together refusing our culture's obsession with individuality, ever opening our lives and our hearts to each other in fresh ways. This means we are committed to serving each other, forgiving one another, and living life in community. It goes on to record the life of the early church in the reading that Taryn read. It is different to hold this commitment together in this time because so much of what we hear is keep distance, maintain space, stay at home, quarantine, all these words that are floating around. And I'm not in any way saying that that is not needed and that we don't engage in those rhythms of life in order to protect the vulnerable among us and to keep our society and our businesses and our way of life afloat on some level. But we do hear a lot about separation And to talk about shared life in a time for our community when we can't really get together, we can't be in a space where all of us can be present. Many of our house churches are meeting online, if at all. And so how do you commit to a shared life in this current season in which we find ourselves? As I sit with this, I think that what we can be called to is the eternal divine reality of a shared life for the people of God. And that doesn't always mean shared space. It doesn't always uh, come through in some tangible expression. But the reality for us is that we are living into the prayer of Jesus, where Jesus prays to the Father. May they, meaning his brothers and sisters, his followers, be made one with me as I am one with you. And may they be made one with each other by the power of the Holy Spirit. We may all be one. There's this divine reality and mystery really, and that we are all one people in Christ, that Christ is in us and moves through us. 
and is found in each and every person. And so we, by not even engaging in any practice that would bring us into a tangible expression of a shared life or a shared space, we already are, by being nature human and being found in Christ and being made one by the Spirit, we share life. And that's the reality. And so this commitment in this season for me has moved into more of an awareness, an awareness that we do share life together. As the prayer book calls us to remember those whose lives are closely linked with ours. And I remember hearing a priest talk about that years ago and saying the prayer is not necessarily just speaking about your family members and your friends, but it's also speaking about the people with whom your life intersects every day person at the store, people that share your route to work, the people you pass by every day, that we all share this life, we all share this earth, we all share this human experience. And so really there is this this invitation to be more aware of that. When we first entered into this season of pandemic and quarantine and stay at home in Denver, we submitted these spiritual practices to our community. And one of them was belonging. At the time, it felt perhaps a little counterintuitive to practice belonging. But what we were trying to call our community to was a practice of being aware that we all deeply belong to God, to each other, and that there's no person who's ever lived who didn't belong here. And we have all these ways of separating ourselves and finding distinction between one group and the other. And sadly, sometimes that's reflected within the church itself. The church can be just as segregated as every other institution and system that we find in our world. But perhaps shared life for us, and perhaps the practice of belonging, can draw us into a place where those distinctions and those separations and even those institutions start to fade away and we see each other truly as who we really are, as beautiful and caring within us, the mark of the divine, Christ and all things and all people and all of creation. So at first, when you approach this shared life commitment in the middle of everything that we're going through, it seems so counterintuitive. But could it be that Christ is calling us into an even greater and even deeper and a more beautiful expression of shared life, that the eternal reality that we have been made one in Christ will be brought down into this tangible realm. And everything we do, every conversation we have, every time we're led to give something of ourselves to others, every time we hear of tragedy and disaster and oppression in our world, that we realize that we are not so separate from everyone else. We share a common breath. We share that common longing for the divine. So I guess my question is, can we open ourselves up to that reality? That what we share is each other, what we share is Christ. I have been thinking a lot about this lately in that I, I wonder if some of the call of shared life right now it's like things, bad things happen, and we always have a choice out of that. So for something like this, we can believe that we're alone and isolated, or we can like work with Jesus on the things that start coming up. 
because eventually we'll all be in the same room again. But things will be different, and people will, it will be obvious which road they took during the harder times. So I feel like I'm not giving you like an answer on how to make this better other than, um, you know, you people came out of the depression either really strong and kind of pillars of their community or they came out hoarders because they were so afraid of being that poor and without again. And I've just been thinking a lot about that. Like, what's the call when we can't be in the same room? Is it to choose um, isolation and loneliness and bitterness? Or is it to say, Jesus, these things are coming up in me, and let's do some work? Um, That doesn't fulfill my needs as an extrovert. (laughs) I think it's like a longer vision of shared life. But it's just something I've been trying to figure out lately, like what does it look like to serve my community right now when it doesn't look anything like how I know community looks like. Yeah. And I don't even know if the answer is doing self-work. I, I just I just know that there's two roads. <laughs> well, all of this is new for everybody. Yeah. Like, the whole world has a, is experiencing this kind of traumatic event together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be different when we come out of it. Yeah. No matter what the world looks like when we come out of it, like we as people will be different. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's like, like for me personally, I've been able to do a lot of work in myself during this time, but I've also been exhausted mm-hmm. and lonely. And I, I feel like it's not good for introverts or extroverts. Like introverts are finding too much time on their hands or if they're with their mm-hmm. family or roommates, then they don't have any alone time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then extroverts are alone all the time. So I don't know what it's going to look like coming out of this, but I do, I do think that this value or this commitment is going to hold a lot more weight because right now we mm-hmm. feel it, but we can't really experience it, you know? Right. As soon as we're able to meet again, it's going to be like, summer camp you know like when you if you go to like the same summer camp and you see those same friends but you only see them that one week a year mm-hmm. you're you're gonna it's just gonna be that awkward moment of like <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while I don't really know how to interact with you but then I think as community like actually happens mm-hmm. and as people actually begin to spend time together then there'll be more love and more compassion and more empathy I think coming out of this time but what to do with the time right now that's kind of the question that's being posed here, right? And I, I wonder if when we, when we can see that shared life commitment lived out in tangible space again. We tended to, to be in house church together. We tended to go to breweries and parks. And, and we had that tangible expression of the shared life commitment. I wonder if how we come back, the texture of it will be determined by did we as individuals live into the reality that Mm -hmm. we do share life in the eternal realm through Christ, that we, even though, you know, we're separate, that we are one. And so what does that draw us to? It draws us to pray for each other. It draws us to, to hold each other's burdens, our pains, our hopes. It draws us to long to see the restoration of Christ in our city. And we have I mean, I think in this time we have joined together to see restorative justice take place 
really probably more than we ever have as a community. So that's just the thought I have is when we come back together, I think that the texture of that experience will be determined by how aware we all were in this time of physical separation of the spiritual reality that we are still one. Okay, so here's a trend I'm noticing that I think is actually really good and is part of shared life that I just thought of. I was, I probably have seven people I regularly interact with now. And unfortunately, they have to take the the brunt of who used to be spread out with probably 35 people, Mm -hmm. right? And one of my friends I meet with every Saturday and we go thrift storing and he's not a believer. Um, But I've noticed this like new thing is happening between us where even more of the kind of crap is cut away. And it's really fascinating to me because I feel like we can unpack our stuff a lot faster because he's kind of one of the, of this seven. And when I say seven, two of them are nine and younger. So really it's like I'm interacting (laughs) with like five total adults in my life right now on a regular basis. And I said something, I just asked him something about his life and he burst into tears and just went to this really deep place almost immediately. Like we'd been in the car for maybe 10 minutes and we were able to have this really beautiful conversation about just some of his deep, deeper pains that I'm not sure that if we were spreading out our conversations more among other people, we would have gotten to as quickly. So it's almost like it's driven us to kind of not more seriousness, but more real conversations Mm -hmm. faster. Um, And I've noticed that even with, you know, with my family, you know, checking in with my brother, my mom, or my sister-in-law, it's just like we cut to things a lot faster, like that I think is a beautiful byproduct of shared life. Mm-hmm. This is a hard topic for me, so I'm going to share from a different angle. Shared life is something that's been really hard for us to establish here in the city. Mm-hmm. We moved from a, a very small town, a very tight-knit community, and there was a lot of shared life that happened, whether you wanted it to or not. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I'm not holding that up as, as the ideal. Um, but it did happen um, very naturally, and it happened frequently, and it happened to the extent that it was very easy to establish a feeling of intimacy very much what I would imagine when I, when I read in this scripture what they talked about. There was a lot of gathering around a table, a lot of sharing of resources, um, a lot of praying together, and all of that happened. When I think of shared life, the life part of that feels very much Monday to Saturday, mm-hmm. like what's happening in the comings and goings of your weekly rhythm. And that was real, that was like sacred ground that you didn't often plan for, but it came about. And, And deep relationships were built as a result. And out of those deep relationships came dreaming and visioneering and, you know, all of these things that happen when you gather with people that have similar hearts and, and longings. Moving to the city, we have been here for 11 years, I believe, 11 or 12 years. 
we're still struggling mm-hmm. to figure out how to share life Monday through Saturday mm-hmm. with people because of distance, partly maybe because of life stage. Our kids are older and we don't have some of those more um, foundational like life experiences that we're sharing with people, having babies or getting married, you know, being in college. There's certain life stages that really almost force some deep intimate relationships where you do share life together and you really need each other. Um, and there's an intimacy that comes in that. Um, and we kind of have passed all of those. Mm -hmm. And so it's been, it's been, um, it's been lonely. It's been really lonely. Um, specifically for myself being an extrovert when we talk about having lost that in this season, I think for me, it's maybe a little more alarming that I don't feel like I've lost much. That much hasn't changed, um, except for the fact that it's just allowed me to, for a while, lay down that hope or expectation, because not a lot of people are doing it anyways, and taking it off the table for a while, and just settling into to what is right now. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. It just is what it is. But Dave, when I hear you talking about coming back and is, are we going to come back with a different mindset for the first time? There's this like twinge of hope, like, Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. if we come back and there is a different mindset, Mm -hmm. is there something there that's going to feel different where that expectation maybe has changed for myself or has just I've just laid it down. And can I experience shared life in a way that is not what how I would have originally defined it? Yeah. And that feels hopeful to me. I I hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when we all come back together and there is that reestablishing that you're saying, Seth, of like the awkwardness and I think I know you. <laughs> or I haven't seen you for a long time, or I don't know you, but we're all kind of starting on level ground again, and we've all been through something separate from each other, but yet the same thing in a way. How is that going to unify us? And trusting that obviously the spirit is in all of that. Yeah, I think for me it's kind of under that concept of letting something die before something new can kind of be born out of that death. And so maybe I'm a little bit more hopeful after tonight. I don't know that I would have thought of it that way until until you just shared that. So, um, yeah, that's my experience. Taryn, when you're talking, I can't help but wonder if that's just where so many people are. Mm -hmm. When you said, I've just, it's this season has allowed me just to lay down that hope for a while because it's just, the expectations have been lowered so low. Mm-hmm. And that's really, it's really sobering because I think I've heard that sentiment in so many words for months. Mm-hmm. It is a commentary on our isolated culture that shared life has to be a commitment in the first place. Yeah. And I'm talking pre-COVID. Yeah. You go back 50s, 20s, late 1800s, really you go back throughout all of civilization and no one was standing on a rock calling people to shared life. Mm. 
it just was a reality. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking, I'm finding myself going back to what I said earlier in this podcast and the reality that I know is there is the eternal spiritual reality that we do share life, but in the tangible, it was never a given. That's why it's a commitment in the first place. And I'm just sitting with that right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that say about us mm-hmm. as a community, as a culture, as a society mm-hmm. that, that we felt led to say shared life is a commitment mm-hmm. for us. It's not the given. It makes me think that I've kind of, romanticized the idea of community and shared life to the point where it feels like this thing that's far away that we're moving towards because we can't have it right now, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, we feel that way a lot of times, too, you know, and it's even more so now. And I think you're right, Dave, when you say that, like, I th- that's probably so many people's experience. I think you're probably thinking about it, Taryn, more more rooted in reality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, not in that kind of romanticized mm-hmm. way. For a long time, community, I would use that word in other church settings, and it would be kind of scoffed at, like, what does that even mean? It's just a buzzword that churches are using to, to talk about something that's not really possible, you know? But I think, I think this time is teaching us something about community. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, too, if, like, I have this theory that you have, you get one good community in your life, but that inevitably life happens and, like, people leave and come back in and out. But I wonder if there's not a deepening happening Mm -hmm. that, like, we, right now we say shared life is, like, having a great time and laughing and having fun. And it's, like, always a party when we think about community. And I wonder if the call right now is to not say, go, go deeper with each other and, like, the biblical version of shared life is like sharing resources mm-hmm. and and burdens and mm-hmm. struggles. And I don't know if that's how I would <laughs> define community. Like my favorite communities in the past have been around, we had a lot of fun together. And, and it's not to say there was no depth, but I, I don't know, just what you were saying made me think, I wonder if shared life becomes a more sacred space. Yeah. And I also just want to mention that your word about hope is like so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. It's why I love Christianity. Because it's never just death. Mm-hmm. Like there's always something that comes out of death. There's always something there's new life. And that I think I really needed to hear that tonight. Yeah. yeah. About shared life and just about life maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. thank you for that. Mm-hmm. My wife has this way of standing in chaos and being just this stable presence, Mm -hmm. but also enjoying it. Like when our kids are running around, our nephews or, you know, people are being crazy and she's a therapist. And so people are always crazy in front of her (laughs) because of that. She loves the table. That's her favorite part Mm -hmm. of the gathering is when we come to the table because she just has this picture of it that everyone's just kind of, you know, a bit of a mess. Yeah. And we're like, you know, she'll, you know, some people are carrying their arms and some people are trying to get their kids there. Some people don't know where the table is. And we're just kind of this chaotic family united by Christ at the table. But really hit home when she said that table may be the only time 
that many of those people on their way to the table have come to a table that's set for them. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that's caused me to stand back in awe of the beauty of the church, mm-hmm. that the table is set for every person, for any person to come and belong. I feel that ache. I felt it before this time. I'm sure we'll feel it after this time, and we most certainly feel it during this time of that longing in people of, is there a place at the table for me? Yeah. Do I belong? Yeah. Just hearing y'all talk, I, I so hope that when the church comes through on the other side and gets back to whatever we think we're going to go back to, um, we have no idea what it's going to look like. But I do, I do hope along with you that the shared life value, that the, the unity that's been the oneness that we have been drawn into just comes out of every pore in our body and every interaction and everything that we do because it's been lacking for some time. So I appreciate your honesty. I hope that we're able to, to grasp even at least speaking for myself, for me, it goes even further than belonging, but feeling known. Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe know that they belong. Maybe they don't question whether they belong or that they're even invited, but it's, it's that deeper piece of, of feeling known that makes you choose to show up or not. Just changes the flavor of the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, well, my husband did a wedding the other weekend. The couple was a friend, were friends of ours, but we didn't really know extended family or anybody. And, and we sat at this wedding reception that we were invited to. We belonged there for sure because he did the wedding. <laughs> Nobody questioned whether or not we should have been there. Yeah. But we sat there like looking in on somebody else's party because we didn't really know anybody. Yeah. And, and we weren't known, and that was okay at that place. But I thought then to next summer at our daughter's wedding and how different that celebration would feel when it was with our people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a completely different experience yeah. where not only do you belong, but you're known. And that goes from sitting kind of on the periphery, watching in, to being in the middle of the dance and, you know, experiencing it to its fullest. I I want people to feel known. Yeah, you're fighting the streams and the rhythms and the patterns of our culture and our city. You're coming into a society that, by nature, pulls people from where they live to go work somewhere else, to go right. to school somewhere right. else, to go be socialized right. somewhere else. And it is hard, but it's probably why we're committed to house church here. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, I want to get involved in this, they're not thinking of 326 Colorado. It's how do I become a local expression of the body of Christ where I live? Mm-hmm. I was just talking to someone saying, we just have a hope and a vision for the, these like five blocks around us mm-hmm. and they're starting to see it happen and they're starting to see families come together and people come together and share life. Mm-hmm. But it does take a commitment to it. And maybe that is the answer. Right. That's 
why it's a commitment because you have to be committed to seeing it happen, Absolutely. to seeing it through. Mm-hmm. Because if if coming coming to the table together is wonderful, yeah, but it has to. You know, I always said like when I moved here and I didn't have any friends yet, and I can do like volleyball leagues and I can do beer tours or I can do pub crawls and I can do all this stuff. But I was telling my mom one time, I just want someone to go to Target with. <laughs> Like, it's that mundane, yeah. normal stuff. That's where the loneliness sets in. Mm-hmm. The church has the inspiration, and we have the reality to go forward and, and start to see and start to commit to going against the, the patterns and the rhythms of our culture, which are, yeah, they are what they are. Mm-hmm. But they, by nature, pull us apart. Mm-hmm. There's just different motivations to why mm-hmm. they were there. Right. You can sign up to be a house church leader at bloom.church slash volunteer. <laughs> and I think that there's something to being very aware of that even. I feel like there can be forced shared life in the name of sharing life. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's just hard here. It's so hard. But you've here. got to figure out where your natural rhythms are mm-hmm. and go with that because... Man, you spend a lot of time and energy fighting it, like you're saying, fighting all of those things that keep you apart. By the time you do it, you're like, this is not awesome. (laughs) And doesn't feel super life-giving. Bloom, I feel like there's some times that we just scratch the surface or stir up the dirt in the water (laughs) about whatever we're centering on. For the week, and um, and this is this shared life commitment always brings us to this place of wanting so much more than what we are currently experiencing, and and that really is a life of the Christ follower that we're always wanting the more beautiful expression, the more meaningful expression of that which we are as the body of Christ. I just wanted to um, to read this prayer from the prayer book as we close. It says, bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as Christ loves us. I mean, that really is the prayer and that really is the invitation to walk into the most deepest, most beautiful, most meaningful manifestation of that prayer of shared life. You know, every year we go through our commitments and we ask our house churches just find one to center on for the rest of the of the year and and we kind of laugh as a leadership and a staff because every every year every house church comes back and says shared life and i'm sure this year every house church will in some form or another say it's this shared life commitment that is what we are putting our effort and our prayer and our time into And it really is a beautiful and needed thing to give your life to. You know, somehow we've lost it. And obviously, we didn't really answer any questions on how to gain it back in this this episode. But we do pray and we do continue to hope that we would see that fullest manifestation of shared life lived out among us, in us, and through us as a community that people will be drawn into that place of being known and being held Mm -hmm. and being walked beside in life. 
Bloom, you are the most stunning expression of the body of Christ. We pray for you, we love you, and we hope that you would live into a shared life with others in Christ. May the peace of God be always with you. Gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Bloom, may God who gives patience and encouragement give you a spirit of unity to live in harmony as you follow Jesus Christ so that with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and to serve Jesus. Jesus.